brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at CharityMobile.com. I use the term modernism a great deal on this channel, and at times I forget that most people don't really know what the term means. That they hear the voices they deem to be sensible, using it to describe the sheer ridiculousness we see in the church today. And so they've adopted the term and use it without understanding what it means. So I'm going to begin a series of relatively short videos that will go over things in the next couple of months or more about what modernism is. Certainly, if you want a deeper dive, I can recommend a few books on the subject. And if you have a fairly advanced reading level, I su suggest beginning at the beginning with Pope St. Pius X's landmark encyclical, Pascendi Dominici Gregis, which condemns the errors of the modernists, even though that wasn't really the first encyclical on modernism, but it is the capital T, capital F, the first encyclical on modernism in terms of the, in the way we think of these things. And when I say advanced reading level, understand that I'm pretty well versed in philosophy and read a lot of it in my PhD coursework and before that, and I had to really focus and engage with Pascendi to understand it. And if you want a good example of what I mean, I have it recorded for you on this YouTube channel, and I did that one two years ago or more. But let's start by defining what modernism is, which we will begin by defining what modernism is not. Modernism is not the rejection of all things modern, of all new things. Decrying something as modernism does not mean I reject technology does not mean that we say no to electric lights or smart watches or to the five-day work week or to running shoes or to mobile communications devices or pizza or whatever. Some say that is what we are doing when we reject modernism. And to be clear, do not conflate modernity with modernism. Instead, let us speak of what modernism is. In Pascendi, Dominici Gregis, St. Pius X, spends about 40 pages or outlining the errors of a particular theologian who embodied modernism in the late 19th centuries, a man named Alfred Loisy, and then later George Tyrell. Though the Vatican had been dealing with modernism for decades prior to Pascendi's publication in 1907, as the encyclicals I've featured here over the years should have demonstrated by now. But in paragraph 39, St. Pius X defines it in this way, quote, it may be, venerable brethren, that some may think we have dwelt too long on this exposition of the doctrines of the modernists, but it was necessary both in order to refute their customary charge that we do not understand their ideas, and to show that their system does not consist in scattered and unconnected theories, but in a perfectly organized body, all the parts of which are solidly joined, so that it is not possible to admit one without admitting all. For this reason, too, we have had to give this exposition a somewhat didactic form, and not to shrink from employing certain uncouth terms in use among the modernists. And now, can anybody who takes a survey of the whole system be surprised that we should define it as the synthesis of all heresies? Were one to attempt the task of collecting together all the errors that have been broached against the faith, and to concentrate the sap and substance of them all into one, he could not better succeed than the modernists have done. Nay, they have done more than this, for as we have already intimated, their system means the destruction not of the Catholic religion alone, but of all religion. With good reason do the rationalists applaud them, for the most sincere and the frankest among the rationalists warmly welcome the modernists as their most valuable allies. End quote. There's no error there. But let's zero in on a phrase, the synthesis of all heresies. You've probably heard traditional Catholic commentators use that phrase at one point or another in recent years. What does it mean to be the synthesis of all heresies? 
To get the most very basic but functional definition, synthesis means, according to Google definitions, quote, the combination of ideas to form a theory or system, as in the synthesis of intellect and emotion in his work, end quote. Heresy, according to the Catholic Encyclopedia found online at New Advent, is pretty long and involved, but they do cite St. Thomas Aquinas' definition here, which I will quote verbatim from them. Quote, St. Thomas defines heresy, a species of infidelity in men who, having professed the faith of Christ, corrupt its dogmas. The right Christian faith consists in giving one's voluntary assent to Christ and all that truly belongs to his teaching. There are, therefore, two ways of deviating from Christianity. The one by refusing to believe in Christ himself, which is the way of infidelity, common to, we'll just say, outsiders like our uh, so-called elder brothers. The other, by restricting belief to certain points of Christ's doctrine selected and fashioned at pleasure, which is the way of heretics. The subject matter of both faith and heresy is, therefore, the deposit of the faith, that is, the sum total of truths revealed in scripture and tradition as proposed to our belief by the church. The believer accepts the whole deposit as proposed by the church. The heretic accepts only small parts of it as commend themselves to his approval. The heretical tenets may be ignorance of the true creed, erroneous judgment, imperfect apprehension, and comprehension of dogmas. In none of these does the will play an appreciable part. Wherefore, one of the necessary conditions of sinfulness, free choice, is wanting, and such heresy is merely objective or material. On the other hand, the will may freely incline the intellect to adhere to tenets declared false by the divine teaching authority of the church. End quote. So, a synthesis of all her heresies is then a combination of every error and rejection of dogmas and doctrines of the church established by Christ combined into one. That is what modernism is. So the Jansenist heresy, the heresy of Arius, the heresy of Luther and Zwingli, all of them, in some form or another, appear in the doctrines of the modernists. When you see some of us say that modernism is something entirely separate from the Catholic faith, that is what we mean. When we say that there is an ape of the church, either fully built now or thriving since the 1960s, or under construction now, depending who in the wide range of traditional commentary you listen to, that's what we mean. Modernism is a formally defined heresy, and as all formally defined heresies go, they come with excommunication. Sort of. This is where we get into material and formal heresy, both complicated subjects, but both that I can give you a shorthand definition of here. And remember, these are shorthand and should, if need be, expounded upon further. Material heresy is the most common kind of heresy. Most people who hold to a position that can be termed heretical don't know that they are doing so. They have an erroneous position based on terrible theological formation or laziness or something else, and they abide by an error. For an example, in charity, we'll say that most lay faithful who believe the Eucharist is merely a symbol haven't been taught that the church formally teaches that it is truly the body and blood of the Savior on the altar, even if the priest mentions something about that in a homily. Since, let's be real, most Catholics tune out homilies every, anyway on every Sunday. And again, for those who might not be aware, every bit of research data on this shows that 7 in 10 Catholics believe the Eucharist is a symbol, not the actual body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. Now, we're wretched sinners, and we've all tuned out homilies at least once in our lives, So don't and don't pretend that you haven't unless you are the rare living saint among us. But most Catholics simply don't know that it is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our blessed Lord on the altar, or what the Church means by that when it says that. 
and that this is presented at every mass and every parish in the world. Or if they do think that all has a symbolic meaning of some kind, they might think of the real presence, but they might take the Lutheran understanding of what the real presence means, which is a different definition and understanding of it. That is a material heresy. A formal heresy is to know what the church teaches, what the church actually teaches, and not just what some guy tells you it teaches, and rejecting it anyway for your own ideas or an idea you heard elsewhere that you like better. I, for example, have a very hard time believing that most clergymen who uh, espouse things that are fall under the rubric of heresy are anything but formal heretics. I just have a hard time believing it because of their formal training. So I'll repeat myself. A formal heresy is to know what the church teaches, what it actually teaches, and not just what some guy, maybe online like me, tells you it teaches, and rejecting it anyway for your own ideas or an idea you heard elsewhere that you just like better. That's a formal heresy, and it places oneself outside the church. Now the question you should ask yourself is this. Given that St. Pius X was addressing Pascendi to theologians and clergymen who were promoting the error of modernism in the seminaries and at their parishes, were these men formal heretics, yes or no? The answer would be yes, because of the men he addressed this to was a theologian named Tyrell, and before him Loisy, who after the publication of Pascendi, Tyrell denounced Pascendi, and for his trouble was excommunicated by the Pope. Pius X would go on to promulgate the Oath Against Modernism in 1910, which I also have here on my channel as well. The Oath Against Modernism was required to be recited by every seminarian, priest, bishop, and educator of the faith. They had to take it and hold to it to be able to do their work, to hold a position in the church. Pius X was worried about modernism, and as a consequence, the Oath Against Modernism survived in the church until Paul VI abolished it in the late 1960s and has never been reinstated. Robert Hickson has a piece online that shows a massive problem with the oath. German theologians were never required to take it. In hindsight, that seems incredible to us, given German synods and everything else, but you know what they say about hindsight. So quoting, quoting Robert Hickson's piece that I just mentioned, quote, The philosophy of German idealism, Kant and Hegel et al., which is fixed on human consciousness and is connection with evolutionary thought, had led to the result that one regarded religion as a product of the depth of the human soul, which develops from one stage to the next higher one in the course of evolution, that religion therefore is subject to change. From today's perspective, one might consider some of the actions on the part of Rome in those years to have been rigid, but one cannot put in doubt the danger of these ideas, which one since this then summarizes with the name modernism, which were indeed undermining the foundations of the faith. That Pius X here pulled the emergency break in the situation by demanding from theology teachers and others that they take the oath against modernism, one should not demean or ridicule it as an expression of Roman alarmism. It can instead astonish us that, of all people, the German theology professors were excluded from fulfilling this demand. They feared for their freedom in teaching and research, whose loss would have exposed them to some disdain in the academic world. End quote. And uh, Robert Hickson was quoting a letter from 2019 by Cardinal Walter Brandmuller. Hickson went into a lot there that I'll cover in the future, specifically the German philosophic roots of modernism. Though modernism also has roots in English and French errors as well, such as the philosophy of John Locke that would be emulated later by Thomas Jefferson and others, and then condemned by Leo XIII when he spoke of theological Americanism. Again, modernism is the synthesis of all heresies, so all theological errors appear somewhere under the rubrics of modernism. But note this here. The effect is solve et coagula, 
As Hickson says later in that same piece I just quoted, the effect of modernism is to tear down the established norms of theology and philosophy and to rebuild them in the image of the modernists. I would add that it becomes a never-ending process of solve et coagula, a never-ending tearing down and rebuilding, a project without end. We see this today in the Synod of Synods, the endless synodal meetings happening under the Francis-presumed pontificate. Yet all the while, truthfully, we've seen this since the close of the Second Vatican Pastoral Council, and frankly, since before the Council, a scene in the softening tone of the Church took in regards to dogmas like extra ecclesium nola salis, in 1949, in the aftermath of the war, the changes to the liturgy of the 1950s, and the elevation of modernists during the war that preceded it to the key Roman curia positions that made it all possible. If you only take a couple of things away from this, remember that modernism is the synthesis of all heresies, the consequences of formal heresy, what they are, and solve et coagula. Remember those, and you'll begin to see what I'm driving at here and what I have been for more than three years on this channel, and what those who came before me, long before me, who did the work that made what I do possible, what they've been spending decades trying to teach anyone who would listen. I think in the next short episode I'll try to address who the major players in the struggle with modernism were, from the anti-modernist popes to the major modernist figures leading to St. Pius X's time. This is an enormous topic, and I recommend any Catholic who wants to get a big, bigger picture about this situation and escape the trap of thinking, this is only a problem with Francis the Great and Merciful, or just a Vatican II problem, should go further into. And for further viewing, I recommend the SSPX's series on the mess in the church. It's fantastic, and I will it will give you many, many hours of informative material. Now let me know what you think about this in the comments, please, and what you'd like to see me cover specifically about modernism. I'm going to try to keep this done in a way that most Catholics can understand it without dumbing it down for anyone, because I actually respect my audience. I just know that some of these concepts are going to be new to people and going to be complicated. So if you need a concept clarified, let me know. I've got a lot of smart, theologically-minded friends who will happily help me in the background make sure I do this properly for you. And also, like and subscribe if you haven't yet. It does help. And please pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.